0: Southeast Radio's morning mix, chat, news, and your views. So, where are we at then, straight up uh, County Wexford? You and I had a healthy discussion a few years ago when you uh, put Wexford, I think, as the fourth worst county in the country. Where are we now, please? Well, good question. Um,
1: So, I was I was a relatively cheerful person for the last two or three years because the data was starting to turn. And we were closing the gap very nicely, making incredible leaps forward. And actually, December was probably the last bit of chirp out of me because since then, we've had another wave of data and we've got the census data coming through in the next few months. Um, And it looks like the Southeast economy is contracting again, which is very disappointing news. Uh, It looks like COVID had a fair old stink out of us. Um, And even though... It's a very modelled story because the labour market is rocking, unemployment is low, the live register continues to drop, but there's loads of other kind of issues bubbling around with, as um, uh, uh, Mayor Stoherty was just saying, with interest rates rising, inflation. So in real terms, uh, living standards are dropping back quite significantly, uh, and that's having an acute effect in Wexford. And in what way? How is it having the effect on Wexford, Ray? Well, last year we had a 10% rise in inflation. So the cost of everything went up by 10%. But of course, incomes didn't, which means people's livelihoods have narrowed. So we're doing the same work for less, um, less money, so being able to spend less money. And on top of that, interest rates uh, have increased, which is narrowing things further. So like on a normal €200,000 mortgage, the interest rates we've had since last summer have put up the cost to a person or a family of about 4000 a year. And so as a result of that, um, that's uh, after-tax income. Uh, So you can just see how life uh, living standards are narrowing. And I suppose looking at the GDP numbers, which is the main economic measure, Loads of problems with just looking at one measure, but the GDP measure in the southeast dropped by 20% uh, uh, over COVID. And so um, that's uh, a very significant change. And that's against the rest of the country, right. where the GDP was rising very significantly.
0: And what do you put that down to? <laughs>
1: I suppose I'm just looking at the headline numbers um, and I live in my own little bubble, but this is across the whole region. So a region of close to 550,000, 600,000 people and of course Wexford County with its 160,000 people. So it's, it's the aggregate of everybody's life is captured in these numbers. What do I put it down to? Well, there are two things that really um, that are the real drivers of economic activity in Ireland. The first of that is government expenditure and government is spending a a huge amount on capital projects. So 10 years ago, during the global financial crisis, our capital expenditure collapsed down to three, four billion a year. And now it's up to 12 billion. And we're not getting our fair share, basically. Um, I can look through the projects and you can see the kind of projects we're getting. And they're just not the big, iconic, game-changing projects that other regions and um, other counties are getting. That's one element of The other is the IDA and foreign direct
0: investment. All right. Well, let's uh, cut to the chase then, because the last time you and I, um, we got a lot of reaction to your views on the industrial enterprise or the lack of IDA strategies for Wexford. That was uh, three or four years ago. What's happened since we had that healthy discussion the last time with the IDA and their strategies and Wexford in, sp- in particular, please?
1: Okay. Well, firstly, I won't give you my views. I'll just give you the numbers. All right. Last year, the number of IDA jobs in Wexford dropped by 60. Now, IDA jobs are the best jobs in the country. Uh, they have the highest incomes. The average income, and this was reported a number of years ago, was €66,000. So I expect it's gone up a bit. Now, that is against the national trend where IDA... The number of IDA jobs last year for the first time was above 300,000 in the country. So IDA jobs in the country grew by 8% and in Westford, we dropped. Okay, so Westford is 3.2% of the country and it has 1.2% of these really good IDA jobs. So we have 3,600 of them. We should have 9,300. There's a missing 5,600. Were we to be the same as the rest of the country, and that—that that for me is the tent pole that holds up Ireland. inc. It is our story since 1958. Has been, you know, these incredible American, typically American, uh, but international multinational companies. Their best in their the most competitive companies. Right. The Pfizer's, the
0: Apples, the Intels, and we just don't have enough of them. And what do you put, to, uh, you say you, you, you would prefer not to speculate, but I'm going to try and push you a little bit as, as to what you think is the reason behind this that we have, what did you say, 1.2% of the jobs for 3.2% of the country, which, it, exactly. it, I mean, that's, that, you couldn't make it any clearer than that that we've been neglected. 5,600 missing
1: IDA jobs, okay? And each one of them is 66 grand or more. And that's that's what's missing. And so then the question is, to the IDA, what are they doing? And this question has been asked, and I I know Wexford Council have been asking. I know lots of your uh, TDs have been asking. And, like, what is the strategy? What is the plan? What's the story for marketing Wexford? Because last year, the drop in jobs, only six counties had a drop in jobs. Dublin added 13,000 new IDA jobs. Cork added
0: 3,500 and Wexford dropped 60. When the questions are asked, what is the normal response? I mean, we'll go back to the IDA and we'll ask them to give a response. I'm going to forward them, if you don't mind, a transcript of this particular interview because we would like to get some information on for them. And I'm I'm joined by Councillor Leonard Kelly in studio with me in a few minutes. I'm sure he'll be the first one to respond to what he's heard from you this morning, which is absolutely, it's disgusting to hear to be honest with you. I'm, I'm, I'm appalled by it. Yeah, well... I suppose. Look, the IDA is
1: full of public servants who are doing their best job that they can. They they have various stories. So one is they they the people within the region work really hard and are very passionate and committed uh, to selling Wexford. Okay, um, I suppose I I sense they've been deprived of the tools and the three or four tools that they need is international connectivity particularly air transport. So it's been getting harder and harder to use Dublin Airport. So I, I do an awful lot of international travel with my job. And basically you have to do an overnight to go to the UK anymore because it involves getting up at four in the morning to make a flight of seven. And it's just not safe driving home at two o'clock in the morning. Um, so... We've been closed out of Dublin, we don't have good air transport uh, and so that's either better connectivity to Dublin so that it's possible to zoom in and out of capital, that's what multinational companies need and want, they want to be able to move their people. Yeah, uh, We have made progress in uh, ferry connections um, and uh, the infrastructure uh, around rail and that kind of transport uh, has been slowly improving but we need those game changers there. Um, The higher education investment continues to be a problem. We still haven't seen the money flow. um, And that's about keeping our young people within the region. And we also are just not getting the capital priming investment. So Dublin is 30% of the country.
0: I mean, no matter, what, no matter what way sugarcoat sugarcoated, I know I can't compromise you, yeah. but I can make a comment, no matter what way you sugarcoated, and I discussed it with Labour Party Deputy Brendan Howland here. He was pulling his hair about the fact that we still haven't got our own state-of-the-art campus here in Wexford at this stage. I mean, it's just not acceptable that it has taken so long. I know CPOs are going in now, and this is happening, and that is happening. We should have our campus built at this stage. It's a failure. Look, in
1: Cork, they're building two higher education buildings, 106 million apiece. And those buildings will have less than two, 3,000 students in them. So I don't know what kind of terrazzo flooring and gold uh, taps they have in there, but there's winners and losers in this country in right. capital expenditure, and it is just not following citizens. Right. Um, and this is across the southeast. It is Kilkenny, it is Carlow, it is Waterford, and it is most certainly Westford. So
0: like, can I Did ask you request- a question? Can I ask you a question? If we had had a senior minister in Wexford, will we have our campus built? Will we have a, a lot more down the, the road? Can you can you speculate on that? Are you are you in a position to give me a response to that? Because I get the feeling that unless you have a senior minister in a county, you're, you're at nothing. Look at Cork Airport, the fastest ever
1: construction project in the history of the state. Uh, look at the Dun Kettle interchange. So we had uh, a new Taoiseach from Cork, and he had a two-and-a-half-year life expectancy. And unusually for a T-shirt, he knew the date of his demise. So he had to move with unseemly haste. And he piled on those projects across the line. So there is a very muddy, clungy process for procurement within the state. We've, a lot of us have seen it up close. And unless you have a minister kicking everybody at each stage, pushing it along, it's not going to happen. So during COVID... A senior
0: the airport, minister.
1: And um, sustained, because if you look at the Cork operation, they have had a senior minister perpetually in government. And so it hands over from one team to the next. Whereas if you blow in and blow out, it's, um, it's, very, it's very hard to, to nurse a project from inception across the lines. We had a senior minister. Brendan Howland was at the centre of government for a long period of time. And if he couldn't do it, it just shows uh, the kind of sustained, recurring political support that's required to, to make these
0: things happen. All right. Look, you've given us a lot of food for thought. I just got a couple of questions to, to put to you before we conclude for the moment, Ray. Basically, has Wexford, like it's four to five years since you and I, I thought it was only two or three, but it's actually it was before the pandemic when you and I had a healthy discussion. Has Wexford gotten better or worse over the past five years? It's credit water in a period in which the rest of the country has rocked on. What does that mean? Can you, can you clarify?
1: <laughs> I suppose it, it hasn't got worse, right. um, but it hasn't got better. We're waiting for this, we're waiting for Wexford to catch up. Right. And we're waiting to see the projects. And this is what I find uh, most dispiriting, is I'm not seeing the transformative projects that will lead to this catch-up, Would will lead to the GDP rising. Uh, to normalise with the rest of the country the number of the IDA jobs uh, normalised. I've been at this for almost a decade now, and to see a drop in IDA jobs in Wexford, totally against the trend in the rest of the country, is very dispersing.
0: I think if people are just tuning in, you should repeat what you said earlier to me, where the country vast swathes of the country have seen an increase in IDA jobs we have actually seen a drop of 60 jobs just to, can yeah. you just clarify what you said there again for the benefit yeah. of people tuning in, please? So, like,
1: um, Wexford is 3.2% of the country, so it should have 3.2% of the IDA jobs. That would be 9,000-plus jobs, and there's only 3,600 jobs. So there's a big gap to start with, and you'd hope the catch-up would start because um, you'd hope that the IDA would be selling Wexford because we have all this capacity. But last year, against the trend, there was three thousand—or sorry, there was almost thirty thousand new IDA jobs in the country for the first time. Over three hundred thousand jobs, IDA jobs. These are the best jobs in the country, and Wexford is going in reverse.
0: And My final question, then, because you're one that um, um, looks ahead to the future, will the massive North Keys developments in Waterford City set Wexford further behind?
1: No, actually, uh, it's quite the opposite. Uh, like the main beneficiary of the North Keys will be the hinterland so it'll be New Ross, Campile, um, probably not as far as Wexford, within the 45 minutes. So if you look at Limerick which has similar type of development Clare is the main beneficiary of the university in Limerick and it's getting the jobs and it has its people commuting in and out using the city but um, not particularly living there. So uh, I, I think it's nothing to fear. There's, what we all have to fear across the region is why are we not getting a fair share of that 12 billion capital mm-hmm. project? None of the higher education projects are advanced. Like, like last week, I think there was a, the minister announced another 100 million yeah. capital projects into the other universities. Our university didn't get anything. Um, it's when will this history
0: restart? Okay, I have to wrap it, but I, I did want to give, just put one little uh, extra question on, if you don't mind. And else, uh, you, You've given us some very strong views, as you did all those years ago. Is the situation going to get better or going to get worse? What's your overview? And it has to be my final question, Ray. <laughs> um, I tend not to
1: look into the crystal ball. Like uh, I think we have all the raw materials for stellar growth. Once we capture a fair share of capital investment, particularly in higher education.
0: Southeast Radio's morning mix: chat, news, and
1: your views. Alan Corcoran.